0: is Romans 12, the second half of verse 9. Hate what is evil, cling to what is good. After the sermon, let's sing together Psalm 72, stanzas 1 through 5. Beloved congregation of our Lord Jesus Christ, we have selected a short text this afternoon, hate what is evil, cling to what is good. Now it's not just short, it also seems to be taken a little bit out of context because the full sentence reads, verse nine, love must be sincere, hate what is evil, cling to what is good. Almost seems a shame that we're not dealing with the first part of that verse, love must be sincere like, Couldn't we see that as a perfect sermon? Love must be sincere and therefore hate what is evil and cling to what is good. And I totally agree with that. It was my intention to do the whole verse, but working on it, I just had way too much to say about hate what is evil and cling to what is good. So we're really just gonna stick to the second half of that verse. But in our introduction, we'll make a few comments about love must be sincere. Literally, Paul says in Greek, love must be unhypocritical. Love has to be real. God's love is real. It's unhypocritical. You will never have a moment where you say, God is a little bit cheap with his love and his grace. I wish you would just be a little bit better for me. He gave his son to die for us. He promises us life in a new heaven and new earth. There's nothing Nothing hypocritical about the love of God. It is re- as real can be. As God's children who are born again by the Holy Spirit, we have his image. We also are to show real, unhypocritical love. And Paul describes that in what is probably the greatest discourse the world has ever seen on the topic of love. And that's 1 Corinthians 13. Love is patient love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. That is real love. It's unhypocritical. Anyone who can love in this way builds relationships, improves the lives of other people around him or, or her, and creates peace and joy. We know from 1 John 4 that God is love, and whoever loves, God lives in him. And as one famous writer once put it, to love another is to see the face of God. God. Love truly is a demonstration of the image of our God. Now, it must come as a bit of a shock for some people that right after Paul says love must be sincere, he blurts out the word hate. Hate what is evil. The positioning of those two words, the juxtaposition of these two words, love and hate is jarring. It it sounds terrible. But the fact is, Paul's making a point, and the point is that true love, Does not love everything. True love does not mean you love all things. There are some things that you should not love. And that's what we're going to look at in our sermon, which we summarize in this way Real love does not love everything. We'll see three things. We do not decide what is good and evil, choosing between good and evil is intense. Good is good for you, bad, evil is bad for you. So we'll start with, we do not decide what is good and evil. I think you'll all agree that if this is the motto of your life, and if you practice it, that you hate what is evil, cling to what is good, you'll have a good life. Imagine if, that, if your home was like that. You know, your relationship as husband and wife, parents and children. Really, in your family, you practice this, that you abhor evil things. And you always strive to do what is good and what is right. That's a beautiful family. And the kids, the children will grow up in that environment. And you know what? They will probably turn out to be the same. Ethical, moral people who strive always to do what's to the praise and the glory of God. It's a beautiful statement by Paul. Question is, who decides? Who decides what is good and what is evil? Now you might say that's a pretty silly question. God decides. Of course he does. And he lays it all out in his word. And I totally agree with that, but it's not as simple as some people would think. It's amazing what people can do with the word of God. Here's some real life examples. You meet a young man in the congregation. He's made profession of faith. He goes to the Lord's Supper. You're chatting and he tells you that he and his girlfriend have moved in together. And as minister, you're trying to steer the discussion around. You're gonna come to the seventh commandment, but he already knows where you're gonna go, where you're gonna go with that. And he says, I know what the Bible says. I know the Ten Commandments, but I feel in my heart that God approves of what I'm doing. I have decided that and God has put a stamp of approval on it, even though it may be different than what the Bible says. Or a woman, middle-aged woman, that tells me that as a teenager, she had an abortion. She says, I don't agree with abortions, but she said at that time, it was the best thing for me and it was the right thing to do. And you know, brothers and sisters, that's just a, a couple of examples, but you see that again and again, people decide that they can gossip, or they can cheat on their tax return, or they can be cruel to somebody. Oh, yes, and the big thing. So then, then you told the line, don't go to a bank with a gun and a mask to rob it. Don't shoot somebody in the street. Those commandments you got to keep. But a lot of the other things are negotiable and you, you do what you want to, want to do, you decide. Now, my first point was we do not decide what is good and evil. So I totally disagree with what that young man said, what that woman said, but am I right? Am I correct when I say we do not decide what is good and what is evil? Now, Paul, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, has said earlier in this chapter, well, no, sorry, to begin with, he says in our text, hate what is evil, cling to what is good. And when he writes that, he's not being vague. He's not saying, you know, hate what you think is evil, love what you think is good. He speaks about the evil, the good. There is a clearly defined evil, there's a clearly defined good. And Paul has mentioned that earlier in the chapter in verse 2 when he talks about presenting your life as a sacrifice of thanksgiving to God. He says, Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. And there you have it, God's good, pleasing, and perfect will. God has outlined in Scripture what is right, what is wrong, and and how we are to live our lives in thought, word, and in deed. Now, if you look at those verses, you, you might say, well, actually, Paul says, test. Test and approve what God's will is. So that sounds a little bit vague. But you have to really look at that in the context. He's talking about the pattern of this world. The lifestyle, the pattern of this world is evil. You want a way out of that? Check out your Bible, says Paul. Check it out, read it, test it, put it to the test and you will find that you approve it again and again and again. The only way to break out of the pattern of this world, the only way to to live to the glory of God is to dig into his word and find that it always tells you what to think, what to say, and what to do to the glory of God and to the upbuilding of your neighbor. You know, as, as Christians who are born again by the power of the Holy Spirit, Our response to God is not simply some mindless emotionalism. No, there's passion, all right, but it's a knowledgeable passion, a studying of God's word, which teaches us what his perfect will is and how we are to live by it. If you dig into God's word and you do that prayerfully, you will know how to live your life. But the beauty of this is that you do not need a high IQ or great education to figure this out. As I was preparing this sermon, there was something in the news known as ashleymadison.com. Heard of it? It is an online social networking. It is a, a way for married people or people in a meaningful relationship to engage in sexual fantasies or even to find someone with whom to have an affair. Their motto, their slogan is, life is short, have an affair. Now, as you know, uh, AshleyMadison.com was hacked, and people's names were given, and what they had done online. And as a result, many marriages were destroyed, and a lot of people committed suicide. And then the psychologists started to speak, and the marriage counselors. And what I read in some, in some situations was a marriage counselor saying, this is 2015. Marriage has changed. We should be open to some of these things. Married people should be able to explore and do uh, different things. Well, I put me in a room with a whole bunch of these psychologists and, and, and marriage counselors, and don't get me wrong, well, there's a lot of good ones, but the, the, the liberal-minded ones put them in a room with their high IRQs and their high education, and I'll take a 14-year-old catechism student into the room and the catechism student will listen to them and say, you guys got to be kidding. God gave sex to husband and wife. Take it out of marriage, that's evil. Keep it in marriage and that's good. It's very clear, it's very simple in this, in this respect what God's will is and you know exactly how we are to act. The point is, brothers and sisters, this is the end of the first point We who are inclined by nature to hate God and our neighbors, we confess in Lord's Day 2, if it's left up to us to decide what God's will is, we're always, or we, we will often come out on the wrong end of what is right and wrong. We have an amazing God who's given us his word, shown us his good and pleasing will. When we submit ourselves to God, we will always know what is wrong. And what is right. That brings us to our second point. And I understand that I have not totally and adequately explained yet what it means to, to hate what is evil and cling to what is good. And so, in our second point, we're going to talk about choosing between good and evil is intense. And the emphasis is on the word intense. When Paul writes in our text, he uses strong words. When he says, Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. The word for hatred here means a real disgust. Like you want to vomit. So disgusted by the evil that is confronting you. And the word for cling, actually that word means glue. So the good, stick to it like glue. So Paul's Paul's not saying, you know, when it comes to evil, have this, you know, kind of a off Putting sense, like, I, I, don't, I don't really like that. No, he says, vomit. Get sick about it. That evil is just so horrible. And flee as fast as you can and grab on to what is good. This is a, a very clear scriptural teaching, brothers and sisters. Psalm 97 says, Let those who love the Lord hate evil. And similarly, Amos 5, verse 15, hate evil, love good. We said a moment ago that, that deciding between good and evil is not a mindless emotionalism, but there is something incredibly passionate and intense when you make decisions in your life about right and wrong, good and evil. The man or woman, the boy or girl, who walks closely with God and enjoys the work of the Holy Spirit in his or her life, is disgusted with evil and rejoices in what is good and pleasing to God. Let me take a little example here. Nothing heavy. Talk about gossip. And before you think I'm pointing a finger at anybody, I'll be honest. I am a gossip. I do gossip. It's something easy to fall into. You can gossip with your wife, with your friend, with a colleague. And it's often thought that gossiping, that's the the harmless sin. I mean, it's not like you're hitting anybody or taking their money or their wife or husband or anything like that. What's the hurt in a little bit of gossip? And you know, it seems like some people deserve to be gossiped about. The fact is, it is incredibly destructive. You know, there may be comments being made about you that's making the rounds in a family or in a church community and somehow it gets back to you. You get a whiff of what people are thinking and saying about you. It's devastating. Is that really what people are saying about me? Is that what they're saying about my wife? Is that what they're saying about my children? People leave the church over stuff like that move away that expression sticks and stones may break my bones but words will never hurt me it's not true they hurt if your reputation is damaged if you don't have a good name anymore what do you have I understand some people are strong enough to rise above that kind of junk that kind of evil but mostly it still hurts and therefore If we listen to what Paul is saying, if we're in a situation, you're sitting with your wife or husband, or with a a group of friends, and someone starts to talk about a person or a certain family, and start to say some pretty nasty things about them, you should be running for the washroom, ready to vomit in the toilet. Because this is evil. This is disgusting. This is hurting another person. And Paul says, Hate what is evil. Get away from it as fast and as far as you can. This applies not just to to gossiping. It it applies to how you do a business deal, how you treat other people financially or as an an employee, how you file your tax return, are you honest in your tax return, what you look at on your computer. All these things. Be disgusted with the evil and stick like glue to what is good? Now, we understand that this is easier said than done. And the Apostle Paul, he appreciates that. And you know that he said in Romans 7, I find this law at work when I want to do good. Evil is right there with me. And he says, it happens time and again in my life. I want to do the good thing and I do what is evil. That's the struggle that we all have. We're not perfect. We do sometimes cling to the evil or at least we let it, you know, get into our lives to a certain extent. So what's a guy to do? Well, Paul says right away, who will rescue me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. We have a savior brothers and sisters also one who enables us to hate what is evil and cling to what is good. What did he do for us? You saw that very clearly this morning when we read together the form for baptism. In our Lord Jesus Christ, there is a twofold washing in his blood and in his spirit. First thing Jesus did for us is he shed his blood to wash away all our sins so that we're right with God. Then he gives us his spirit to be born again. As Paul says in Galatians 2 verse 20, that I am crucified with Christ. So I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. I can live a new life in the blood and spirit of Jesus Christ. Now Christ also said beautiful examples for us. We see how when he was tempted by Satan to to bow down and worship him, he told him to get lost in no uncertain terms. And when the leaders of the day, they tried to schmooze him and get him into their circle, he would have nothing to do with their flattery. He gives us an example, but more important than the example is the power of his blood and his spirit. My brothers and sisters, if you have Jesus as your savior and you you experience the, the truth and the reality of his blood and his spirit, you are also enabled to hate what is evil and cling to what is good. Brings us to our our final point, which is good is good for you and evil is bad for you. Didn't your mom say that to you when you were growing up? Too bad we didn't always listen to our mom in our teenage years. But the truth is good is good for you and evil is bad for you. What I'm trying to get at is that sometimes a Christian will say, we as Christians never get to do anything that's fun. You're not allowed to gamble. You're not allowed to have sex outside marriage. You're not allowed to get really mad and just, you know, let a, a line of, of swearing and using God's name. Can't cheat on your tax return. Christian can't have any fun. Always got to be goody goodies. I get that a little bit, why people say that, but for anyone to really believe that, I'd have to say, do you even know what it is to be a Christian? I'll give uh, two examples. In each example, you've got two persons. First example is of two husbands. The one husband has an account with ashleymadison.com and he's always flirting with other women. The other husband, he hears about that website And he's already sick to his stomach. He loves his wife. He cherishes his wife. She is the apple of his eye. And he will only do what is good for her and their marriage. Who's having fun? Who's having fun here? Another example, two two men, both businessmen. The one businessman, for him, it's always about money. And if that means, you know, ripping off the customer or, or paying your employees poorly, doesn't matter because you're making money. Whereas the other businessman, what he's interested in is a great product for the customer and to see his employees do well, be happy, be well paid. Who's the better man? Who's having the more fun? You know, sometimes we, we, we think of sin as, as a way of, of having some fun, it's evil. It's destructive, it destroys your marriage, destroys business, destroys who you are. If we think of God's will, if we think of God's commandments where he tells us how to love him, how to love our neighbor, honor your dad and mom, honor your neighbors, his money, his name, his his spouse. To know this and to follow this brothers and sisters, is a breathtaking freedom. Life as it was in paradise before the fall into sin was stunning. It was gorgeous. It will be that way again in a new heaven, a new earth. God shows us real joy. God shows us how to have a beautiful, breathtaking life to to bear the fruit of the Spirit, to keep the commandments of God and be filled with joy in our relationship with him and with one another. Again, it all comes back to our relationship with Jesus Christ. What an amazing savior this is. His blood, his spirit, the power to transform life, to be able to look at God's will and be able to keep it. We have a good savior. We have a good God and he shows us He enables us to hate what is evil and cling to what is good. Amen.